Welcome to the Grace at Last podcast. Here we hope you find freedom from religion and traditions passed down by man that God never intended for us to struggle with. Let's quit looking around us and begin to look within at God in us and realize all we need is already there. Together, guided by the Holy Spirit, let's learn what God really thinks of us and discover what is pleasing to Him. I think we're going to find out it's a whole lot easier than what we thought. Hi, Corrine here for Episode 9 of our Grace at Last podcast. In our last episode, Episode 8, we looked at timelines in the Bible and in our lives. And the purpose of that discussion was to make sure that we understand the New Covenant and the inheritance that Christ has provided by His death, burial, and resurrection. We don't want to accidentally live under the Old Covenant laws when we are New Covenant believers. And today I want to talk about living like it is finished because that's exactly what the new covenant is. And that's what it's all about. There's nothing to gain. And this is the topic for today. And I am so grateful that you tuned in today and that you're joining me for this. You know, as I learn and live in the new covenant, something that I desire to do is to live like it is finished. You know, the word is not there luring me closer like the worm on a hook, and closer and closer to Jesus and my breakthrough. I've already arrived and I get to enjoy it. I'm living in the fullness of what Christ has done and I'm not waiting for him to do something. And although every day is an exciting adventure and I love walking it out, I am not performing to get God's favor. I have his favor. I am his kid. (laughs) How about you? Do you find yourself looking for the next thing? the next move or shift or change, and then you'll be content. I love what Paul said. He said he learned to be content no matter what his circumstances were. And I believe that we can do the same. I believe that we can learn to be content. And that happens on the inside. And what if we just gave ourselves permission to be happy right now? Just because Christ is in us, not because life is perfect, but because of what we have in him, And what he is in us. You know, so many people are waiting. They're waiting. The people in the old covenant, they went out waiting. In Hebrews 11, we read that they never gave up, but that they remained in faith. But I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for what they waited for because it's already happened. It's Jesus. And the waiting is over. He is our now. And it may seem elementary to you, but this is not the teaching that I received. I had the understanding that I sowed a seed and then God would bring a harvest. And the seed I sowed determined my harvest. I sow apple seeds and I'm pretty much guaranteed I'm going to grow apples, not oranges, right? And although to a degree this is true, for me it somehow very subtly turned into me thinking that I could control God and that my behavior was the most important. I thought I could gain and lose rewards as I went along life's path. And being a Bible teacher since 1999, I shared what I was learning with many other people. I was sincere. I really wanted what was best. And those that I was dealing with or doing life with, I wanted what was best for them as well. And I really thought that our obedience was the key. Since May of 2021, I see things so differently. I realized that it was the obedience of Christ that gets me all good things. It's his faithfulness and the offering of himself that makes me right with God. 
I thought the more that I obeyed Jesus, the more I was showing him how much I love him. Today, I am so happy to know the truth. And the truth is, I'm more focused on him and the life of Christ in me and what he chose to do for me over what I'm choosing to do for him. You know, and since God has opened my eyes to how blind I've been regarding the most important issue for me, and that is life in the new covenant, the way I see the Bible is so different. I don't read all those commentaries that I used to read and that are available on a computer program that I bought. The Holy Spirit lights things up for me and I follow his leading and he gives me wisdom and revelation. And it's amazing because so many times the Holy Spirit will show me something, an area where I've been legalistic and then I'll see it through the lens of grace and the eyes of faith. Almost every time before long, I will hear somebody else point out the same thing or share the same truth in a different way. And that just confirms that it is the Holy Spirit and that I'm hearing from him. I remember one time asking Mike Adams from the Unsunday show, is the Grace at Last podcast necessary? I mean, sometimes I'm getting ready to say something and I realize it's already been said. Somebody's already said the same thing. And I love his response. He said, thank God we're all saying the same thing. There's only one gospel. And I loved that. He also said, yes, you need to do this podcast because more people need to talk about it and more voices need to be saying this truth. And so here we are, the Grace at Last podcast, and I am encouraged not only through the Holy Spirit, but the other believers that are willing to stand up and say, no, religion is not what Jesus came to do. In fact, if we want to know how he feels about religion, let's take a look at the cross because he was putting an end to a system that did not work. And now we are ushered in and invited to a covenant of grace. And that is definitely good news. And so today I want to begin a four-part series that began with a saying that I'm not exactly sure how it got into my head or got into my mind, but it is a way, a desire of my heart and a way that I want to live. And that saying is nothing to gain, nothing to lose, nothing to hide, and nothing to prove. And if I live this way, I believe I'm going to be living in the it is finished reality of the cross. I had my daughter, Molly, from Molly Made Custom Designs, create a cup for me to remind me because it is easy for me to slip into old behavior and reminders are good for me. And again, the first of this four part series is nothing to gain. And it's in regards to rewards. Are we able to gain blessings and rewards as we go along life's path? You know, I do use some certain tools to help me understand the Bible, and one of them is an app, Bible Gateway. And I can search a word, and I can see how many times that word was used in the Old Covenant or in the New Covenant. And I usually use the NASB, which is the New American Standard Bible. And when I look at Bible Gateway at the app, and I search the word rewards, I learn something. And that's it's never used in the New Testament. Not one time is the word rewards used in the New Testament. And when it is used in the Old Testament, it's never used in the context of God paying us back for something. Rewards, plural, it's never used in the New Testament. Now the word reward, singular, is, it is used in the New Testament, and it always refers to salvation. 
So rewards, plural, it's not there. We're not gaining rewards as we go along, but there is a reward. And again, it refers to salvation and Jesus is our reward. I think that is so important because we can be making deals with God as we go along, thinking that we're earning rewards down here on earth and that someday when we get to heaven, we're going to cash in. I mean, we wouldn't say it like that, but in a way, we kind of believe it. Sometimes we can think it's grace down here on this earth, and then when we get to heaven and we check in, that it's going to become about works, but that's just not true. And sometimes we do things because we think we're going to get big rewards from God for it. But again, Jesus is the reward. And we can be confused about where the old covenant ends and the new covenant starts. God is not dealing with us according to our behavior. That old system, the one that didn't work, the ministry of condemnation, well, it's over. And if we believe that and we believe it's still in effect and that we are to be governed and controlled by it, and that God is dealing with us according to our behavior, we're deceived. You know, sometimes we think God is still at least a little bit dealing with us according to what we do. Well, life will deal with us according to what we do. There is cause and effect in this world, isn't there? And sin is bad and sin is wrong. Sin brings hurt and it brings harmful consequences and it brings destruction and it destroys relationships and it kills. But God's not the one doing that. He's not punishing us for bad choices. He's the one that's helping us stand back up when life has knocked us down. Sometimes we think if we're good, that he's going to bless us. And if we're bad, well, he's going to punish us. And then we get on this treadmill of performance, kind of like a hamster wheel, exhausted and going nowhere. But is that what the Bible says? Does the Bible say that there are rewards for our good behavior? Well, there's several verses in the Bible that we can talk about regarding religion promising us rewards. And today I want to look at one of them. And the text that I want to look at today comes from 2 Corinthians 9. And it's a real common teaching in the church. And it's a teaching that wants us to believe that if we give more, that we're going to get more. And 2 Corinthians 9 in verse 1 The Apostle Paul says, for it is superfluous, in other words, it's like not even necessary, but I'm going to say it anyway, he says, it's superfluous for me to write to you about this ministry of the saints, for I know your readiness, of which I boast about you to the Macedonians, namely that Achaia has been prepared since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. Paul says, I have sent the brethren in order that are boasting about you would not be made empty. And so as I was saying that you would be prepared. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, not to speak of you, but we will be put to shame by this confidence. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift so that the same would be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covetousness. That's kind of a long paragraph, but let me put it in a nutshell. And you can go look at it yourself if you'd like. Again, it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and beginning in verse 1. And what Paul's talking about, as he says in the beginning, is it's about ministry to the saints. It's about other people. And it is about those that were wanting to give. And Paul didn't want them to give like under covetousness or 
He didn't want them to give under compulsion. He sent people ahead so that they could be prepared, so that it wasn't an emotional thing or a pressure thing. He's speaking again of ministry to the saints. He's saying that the group of believers, that they were providing for others' needs, and they were prepared to give and that they wanted to, that they wanted to help others. But this is the verse where we can get off track. And sometimes we can hear that if we give a lot, that we'll get a lot. And that's in verse 6 of 2 Corinthians 9, where Paul says, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So again, this can be understood. It can be taught to say if we give, we're going to get. But again, let's remember that Paul is talking to people that are doing ministry and helping others. It's about money going out. It's not about money coming in. It's not to be turned around and and turned inward on ourselves. He's saying if there's ministry that's sown sparingly, that not very many people will be helped. But if the ministry sows generously, there will be many people helped. It can be a common teaching from the pulpit again That if we give a lot, we get a lot. But that's not what Paul's teaching. In fact, he's teaching the opposite. He's teaching that it is about helping others. It's not about getting for self. Sometimes it can be manipulation to get people to give money. And sometimes people are just teaching what they've been taught. Regardless, it isn't the truth. And this isn't what Paul is saying. God does want us to give, but he wants us to give from his leading of the Holy Spirit. And if we pick up in 2 Corinthians 9 and we look at verse 7, it says, Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, He scattered abroad, He gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. So can we see the heart behind Paul teaching in his letter here? He doesn't want people pressured to give. Do you feel pressured to give? Do you feel obligated to give? Do you feel pressured to give? Do you feel embarrassed if you don't give? Do you feel like people are watching? Paul's saying he doesn't want people to feel pressured. And again, yes, we should give. But God lets us decide how much to give and then there's joy. It makes us cheerful, a cheerful giver. And God loves a cheerful giver. We're cheerful. Why? Because we got to decide. We weren't, it wasn't under compulsion. We weren't pressured. And if we give because we think we have to or we're obligated, then we're giving grudgingly. And God says he doesn't want that kind of giving. He doesn't want a bunch of hyper pressure either for people to give, not under compulsion. The whole point of the new covenant is Christ in me. It's Christ in you being led by his spirit. And he's going to show us who to give and what to give. Paul doesn't want pressure in giving and neither does God. We should do what's in our heart and we should find joy from that. It's God's grace that enables us to give and still have enough to meet our needs or the needs of ministry. Again, this is about ministry. This is about helping other people. Verse 10 of 2 Corinthians 9. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So it's God who provides the seed. 
and it's God who brings the growth. And he gives us more in ministry that we can give more out and we can help more people. Again, still about ministry. Paul has not changed subjects. He says in verse 11, you will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God for the ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgivings to God. Again, it is ministry to others. And then listen to verse 13. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So when ministry is sown generously into the lives of others, there is a blessing into many lives. It's not about ministry to self. It's about ministry to others. And if we're giving to get, we've missed the whole point. (laughs) It's all about helping other people. It's not about getting more. And God's given us a new heart. And he's given us a desire for this. We want this. We want to give. We're not to get into works and do all these things because we think God's obligated to give back to us. That is bondage. And Jesus is all about freedom. And this whole life is meant to be free, free from bondages, free from being under works and rules and regulations, traditions that are passed down by man that God's not in at all. Some of us are familiar with scriptures like Luke 6 says, give and it'll be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. And in the last episode, episode eight, we talked about how important timelines are. And when Jesus taught in Luke six, he taught under the law. He taught under the old covenant. And laws were never given to help people draw close to God. The law was always meant to show that they were far away. Their condition was a hopeless condition and that the law was there to point them to Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm not under that old system where people receive according to the standard that they give. That puts me on pretty shaky ground right there. Jesus was teaching under the law. Tithing is under the law. The law was meant to point to Christ, not to try to manage to accomplish these things. There's just way too many of them and we could never do it. And that was the point. But there's always been giving. You know, tithing didn't take over and say now there's tithing and not giving. Giving has always been in place. God's always had a heart for people to give. But we give because we have his heart in us in the new covenant. And we can give because we want to. And it doesn't have to be grudgingly. We don't love others because we're commanded to love others. We have a new heart and God lives in there. And so he loves others through us. And the same is through giving. We don't give because we have to give. We give because we want to give because God's spirit is in us and leading us to give. We don't talk to God because of the verses that tell us the benefits of prayer. He lives in us. And when we realize that, we just want to talk to him about everything. In fact, I don't know about you, but I can't not talk to him. And giving again is no different. God is inside of us and he's going to lead us 
into what he wants us to do and what he wants us to give. And we can trust him in us. And we don't need a starting line of 10% and then go from there. It's like 10% is mandatory and then you can give offerings after that, you know, if you want to. But that 10%, that's a requirement. Well, that doesn't sound like Paul's teaching at all. Paul says to give from the heart and give because of love, that it is about love. And God gives us freedom and that enables us to give in love because it's not under obligation. You know, part of God's love for us is freedom to choose. I think it's beautiful. You know, because we can choose in our own hearts. Again, that brings joy. We're going to delight in it because we're motivated within. I love Philippians 2.13. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It is God who works in you to will, to want. He's going to make us want to do those things. And it starts within. He gives us a new heart. And that new heart. Well, it wants to do these things. Why? Because it's God. He is our new heart, the Holy Spirit. But again, it's not because we're going to gain some external reward or eternal reward. He is the reward. And if we've been being forced to give, I don't even know if that's really giving. I don't think so. I think when we talk about 2 Corinthians 9 and we talk about, well, if I give a lot, I'm going to give a lot, get a lot, give a lot. I used to go to a church. There was a huge banner over the stage that said, give large, live large, right? But that's not what 2 Corinthians is talking about. It's not personal. It's not about me. It's not about my bank account. This is about ministry. (laughs) It's about blessings from God and the blessings in my life from God. They're not dependent upon how much money I give. That is just a lie. He's not blessing me financially, the more or less I give, depending on the percentage that I give in the offering plate. It's just not true. And as a pastor and a ministry leader, I tell you that I must believe that or I wouldn't say it. Last ministry is ran on donations and then whatever we can do in our boutique and painting furniture. But I've been speaking this, it is finished message for about two years now. And it's certainly not a message that keeps a corporation moving forward. It's just not. I was taught and I used to teach the first 10% wasn't ours. It belonged to God. And now I'm just telling the people the truth. And that is that give whatever God puts on your heart. If I even bring up giving, which most of the time isn't even a topic of discussion. We are all free in Christ. And all of those lies and manipulation. Well, I don't think they're true. I don't believe them. I believe today that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I believe that it is finished and that we can enjoy the inheritance that he has provided. I believe God has given us the opportunity to choose. That is the kind of God that loves us. You know, one day I might have said that's the kind of God we serve, but I don't even serve God. I'm not some martyr that's just serving God. You know what Acts says? Acts 17 says that he is the God who made the world and everything in it. And since he's the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve his needs for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everyone and he satisfies every need, right? God doesn't need me to serve him. God is my breath. He is my life. 
He is not draining me financially or physically or mentally or in ministry or in serving him. He needs nothing from us. We are simply invited to share what he has, and that is everything in the universe. Let's see if we can't live like there's nothing to gain, like the reality that there is no gaining and losing rewards this side of heaven. And let's understand that it really is finished and that we can enter into his rest. I hope you join me next time on episode 10 when we look at part two of our four-part series of the nothing to lose portion in our nothing to gain, nothing to lose, nothing to hide, and nothing to prove. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for joining us today for our Grace at Last podcast. We hope you learned a truth that will set you free and keep you living in the it is finished promise Jesus declared at the cross. Go to lastministry.org to learn more about who we are and what we're all about as we share this incredible inheritance God has given us in His Son.